It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to Bat Flips and Nerds, the baseball podcast with a British twist. I am your host, John McGee, and this is our last podcast on this year's 2019 MLB London series. Just over a week out from the series, we thought it was a good time to check in with a couple of guys who have the inside track on both the Yankees and Red Sox clubhouses to understand how the teams felt about the trip to London and which players in particular had a brilliant time. So from the Boston side, we've got the Herald's Jason Mastrodonato, and for the Yankees, it's Coley Harvey of ESPN. First up, it'll be Jason, and then Coley. They'll be coming up after this. I'm delighted to be joined by Jason Mastrodonato, the beat reporter for the Boston Red Sox for the Boston Herald. Jason, how are you this afternoon? I'm doing great, man. Thank you for having me. A pleasure, a pleasure. How's the jet lag? Have you got over it yet, and did you enjoy your trip to London? (laughs) I loved my trip to London. The jet lag's gone. Uh, I, I had a blast. Man. I thought, you know, for, for all the things we were nervous about, the things that could go wrong or, or uh, that people wouldn't like or maybe they wouldn't show up to the games or the presentation wouldn't be right or the field would be too uh, out of shape and the players wouldn't like it. It, it was nothing went wrong. It seemed like it was just really smooth. Um, so I, I, I had a blast. I think... I think most people did. Even even the players, even the Red Sox who were crushed in that series, nobody had a bad thing to say about the experience. It was like they they were happy to be there, and and um, I think MLB, I have to say, did a really good job. Yeah, t- I totally agree. I was I was absolutely gobsmacked, as we say over here in the UK, at how how well it was presented. You're absolutely right that nothing seemed to go wrong. I was just I was just. Sort of crossing my fingers that there wouldn't be some snag that one of those um, pieces of turf wouldn't, you know, click up when when Didi Gregorius or Xander Bogarts was trying to get hold of a ball. I just had, you know, I, was, I sat on my hands hoping that that wouldn't happen. Is that was that your first time in London? Uh, that's my second time. Yeah. 
So you do a I've bit of sightseeing as well. No, you know my, the cool thing was my, my the Herald sent me over a week early, so I was I was writing some stories on the ground, and, and mm-hmm. you know I got to talk to the London Mets and some some guys who really pl- love baseball who who live in in London, and I did a story on the Liverpool Red Sox connection, and a, so I got to hang out with with a guy who works for Liverpool one night, and Tony Evans, a great football writer over oh, yeah. there. I got to hang out with him one night, so I was just you know I was working, but in in kind of trying to get a feel of it so I could share that with everybody back home of, of what it was like and what the experience was like. So I got to see some things that I, I may not have expected to see otherwise. I got to watch the, the World Cup of Cricket down at the London Tower Bridge. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, we were talking a bit in, in the press room about that. Did you did you manage to get your head around the, the, the rules in the end? <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm still not quite confident on the rules, but I, I just love how uh, people seem to enjoy the game in a very slow pace. Like they're not totally focused in on every single pitch or bowl or whatever you, you call it, but it's like you can enjoy it over a long period of time. And I think, you know, that's kind of what we've, what we've gone away from in baseball, right. Is, is we're trying to stop the long period of time from ruining our day. We want these games fast. We want two and a half hour games and, and it's just, we're not getting them. And as we saw in London, we got nine hours of baseball over two (laughs) games. So it's just, it's, uh, it's a lot different. Yeah, I mean, I have to say that that pace of play or, or pace of game isn't isn't really a thing for us because we're, we're quite used to it. We're quite used to a a guy walking back, you know, twenty five paces and then running up. <laughs> you know, that, that right. takes some time. Right. <laughs> and, and, and everybody at the at the Tower Bridge who was watching the cricket, they said, you know what? It, we don't need to rush it because we're enjoying ourselves. We're drinking beer all day. You know, we're out in the sun. It's like it's it's just a social activity. You're talking to their friends. I think. Uh, somehow baseball has lost that where people aren't doing it the way that they used to. And, and maybe it's the, the price for, for people to pay to get into these stadiums now and $10 beers and all that, that mm-hmm. they don't want to participate in that. I don't know what it is, but people certainly seem to uh, have lost that. Not in London. They, they, they enjoyed that, enjoyed it there. And they served beer almost the entirety of that five hour game, by the way, that first game. Yeah, they did. They only, they only stopped serving it when, um, yeah, you can't get a beer in many places in the UK after 11 p.m. And that was the, the only time that they stopped. So just about wrote it out. Um, so you mentioned in answer to my first question that the, the Red Sox seem to have enjoyed it. Um, is that still the case? Have you, have you spoken to any of the players whilst they were on the road in, in Toronto and Detroit? Um, have the reactions generally been positive? Because one or two of them did look pretty tired when we saw them, particularly on Sunday. Yeah, so I haven't been with the team. I've, I've been uh, off since mm-hmm. that London trip. They gave me off. But I did see a comment from Rick Porcello the other day where he said something like, you know, that was pretty tough, the, the travel, mm-hmm. um, the, the just the long flight and the bus, the two-hour, three-hour bus, however long it took them through traffic to get to the airport, it, it, that eventually it caught up to them. Um, and that happens. But then they went out and won five out of six games granted against two very bad teams, but they won five out of six games to close out the, the first half on a high note. So it's hard to, you know, I don't think they're going to be blaming the trip on anything. You know, I mean, some people are, are going to be negative because that's just what they want to do. There are some writers here who have already said, you know, oh God, what a waste uh, that trip was. You know, nobody in England's ever going to get into baseball. What a total waste of time. And um, I don't agree with that. I think we saw 60,000 people come out every night uh, at London Stadium, that they're interested in it, and you know the Red Sox are going to be fine. They're they're not um, they're not falling apart. It's not like they went out and lost six in a row and three guys got hurt. 
So uh, there's there's no excuses to be made, and I don't think there's really any anybody to blame for for what happened. Well, I think the only excuses that they there are are the ones that Alex Cora noted, aren't they? That a the Red Sox pitched really badly, and b the Yankees are just really good. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'm interested that um, a few Boston writers have had negative takes on it. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put you on the spot, but I could I could probably name them. <laughs> Sure. Yeah, <laughs> that's a bit of a shame. Um, and I think yeah, I'm, it's good of you to say that. And I, I would totally back you up that I think um, sixty thousand people say no to that. Um, I think uh, one one thing I felt that was proved over the course of that weekend was that British people both do get baseball and really enjoy it, and those that um, don't don't get it yet have appetite to do so. Yeah, exactly. And, and we'll see, won't we, over the the next few years? Because they're not going to give up. I mean. They're going to keep going with this. I think they're going to want to try other cities too, and it's not just going to be England. And they're going to want to try to get like a whole European thing out of this. And, and I, it wouldn't surprise me if they went to Germany or, or somewhere else next in Europe to, to keep pushing it. It's going to take time, obviously. It's it's not it's not for everybody. But if people can go out and enjoy their day and you know drink beer and hang out with their friends and watch a ball game and, and it's something new and different. Um, I think that's what people are looking for these days. They're looking to get outside, to get away from their computers, to get away from their cell phones and be around people and just kind of take in new things. And um, hopefully we'll keep being able to do that with the game that we love and and share it with other people. Yeah, absolutely. And so whilst you were in London, did you did you talk to any of the players about what they'd got up to? I know they had a pretty packed schedule even before the game started, they, they had the, the gala on the Thursday evening and so on. Did they get any chance to do any sightseeing? Yeah, they did. They, they, uh, they had a whole day the first day before the, uh, before the media access or anything. Cause they, they mm-hmm. flew in that Wednesday night. So yep. they had the entire day on Thursday to do things. So a lot of guys went out there. The team had a double decker bus that they toured around the city with. So some guys brought their families. I know Jackie Bradley Jr. did that. Brock Hole, Andrew Benatendi. A lot, a lot of the, the guys were on that bus. Um, Rick Porcello and Brandon Workman hung out one day and, and, and went around the city. So I think they all, for the most part, took the time to actually be tourists and enjoy it. And I, I, I did see some, I forget who it was now, but I, I just remembered one of the guys said they wish they had one more day, actually, mm. to, to, to do more sightseeing and, and to still be able to separate the baseball from the enjoying of the moment because some of us got to actually enjoy the moment where it seems like the players almost were so rushed that they didn't have time to but so maybe next year they'll they'll add one more day to it so that they could soak it in yeah that i think that would make sense um that that is a pretty brutal schedule having done it in the opposite direction to come over to boston it's it's not nice when you've got essentially a four-day turnaround so i did i did feel for them when we had poor jackie bradley on on the rostrum on sunday morning and he just like looked like he wanted to be in bed (laughs) right Um, exactly (laughs) um so you said already it doesn't doesn't seem to have impacted the season it was just just one of those things it was it was the yankees so no no excuses really despite what um some of the boston media will, will want to say um no what about what about the business side? I know from so I, I spoke to Sam Kennedy for, for for our podcast before the game, and he went on record in in a number of places about the fact that he and Hal Steinbrenner had pushed quite hard for this to be a, a Yankees Red Sox mm. series first up um, from a business perspective. Did you get any sense from uh, the Red Sox hierarchy whilst you were uh, in London that they felt this had gone how they'd wanted it to and they'd got what they needed from it? Yeah, you know, I haven't talked to them since it, after it happened, 
but leading up to it, it was like, you know, they had zero doubts that this was a great business decision for them. I mean, like you said, they had been trying to do this for a while um, and they kind of pushed MLB into doing it because they wanted to do it so badly. So it's like they must have done the research and known that this was going to be good for them. And and we saw, I mean, there were certainly more Red Sox fans than Yankee fans there. Um, And walking around the city anecdotally, it seemed like there were more Red Sox hats. A lot of people said that to me. You know, the, the COO of Liverpool, uh, Billy Hogan, told me that uh, he, he sees new Red Sox fans popping up all the time because of the Liverpool-Red Sox connection. Mm. That And the same thing's going on here, by the way, where a lot of Red Sox fans are, are just like, oh, Liverpool, yeah, I know, I know them. You know, my team also owns them, so I'm going to kind of pull for them. And Liverpool keeps coming over here to play at Fenway Park, which we're doing again in two weeks. Um, so th- there's... There's a connection there that they're trying to tap into, and they, they know what they're doing. So I, I, I haven't heard anything negative from them. I haven't asked about the business implications. You know, MLB shared with us that uh, um, I, I think it, was, it wasn't ratings, but they, they had some metrics that Major League Baseball released that, that, oh, I think it was how many people were streaming the games that in London over that two-week period there was like a 200% increase um, of people streaming games and using the oh, yeah. do- and downloading the app, yeah, uh, and downloading the web app. So th- they're going to get something out of it. There's no doubt. They spend a lot of money, um, but th- I think they're they're going to be happy with the results. Yeah, I'm told it costs eight million pounds to convert that stadium into a baseball diamond for two days, which Incredible. is uh, is a is a pretty cool figure. Uh, and I'm I'm told they're going to make it back on Mookie Betts jerseys. He was the the most uh, most prominent selling jersey over the course of the weekend, which surprised me actually, given wow. given given the prominence of Aaron Judge uh, in affairs and the way that Mookie's been playing this year. But yeah, yeah. apparently I'm I'm told that British people just like the name Mookie, which you know, <laughs> sounds funny in our accent, I guess. Well, maybe, and and I also wonder if that also is about how many more Red Sox fans there are the Yankee yeah. fans, because that's a jersey that does not sell well in America compared to Aaron mm. Judge. I think Judge has been number one or number two for MLB's jersey sales the last few years. And Mookie's been somewhere maybe in the top 10, but he, he's not in that, you know, one, two, three area that Judge kind of crushes. I mean, Judge is a much more popular figure. He's our, always in front of the cameras. He's, he's this big, huge guy. You know, he's like un, unmistakable, just looks like a monster. The way he plays is more flashy. So he, he's got a lot more camera appeal and, and marketability than Mookie Betts has had. Uh, in in this country so far, so that's that's a great sign for the Red Sox if Mookie Betts jerseys were flying off the racks. Yep, that's that's certainly what I've I was I was told. Uh, we'll we'll wait and see. What one thing that that so last couple of questions for you, Jason. One one thing that I thought was quite surprising was how we saw tons of Yankees legends. So I mean, obviously mm. Alex Rodriguez was there working on the ESPN broadcast, but then. There was uh, Mo Rivera, Carlos Beltran, Andy Pettit, uh, Reggie Jackson, Hideki Matsui, even even Nick Swisher managed to make it onto the plane. But the Red, the Red Sox didn't do that. It seemed quite surprising to me, and I'm, I wasn't quite sure why. I, w- I wondered in hindsight whether it was something to do with what had gone on with with Big Pappy in the in the in the couple of weeks leading up to it. And I, I, yeah. wouldn't, I wouldn't push you to speculate, but maybe that's the case. And I, I just wanted to ask you, given that we've got you. Um, what the reaction has, has been like that to, to that in Boston? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody here even knew uh, about that the Red Sox didn't send any 
people to London. I, I, I thought it was a great touch that the Yankees did. And, mm. you know, the, it, what a great photo opportunity and video opportunity for them to, to go donate all that money in baseball gear to the youth baseball organizations and to show up and take pictures with the kids and have the barbecue in the, you know, in the playground up there. And in, 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 I forget which park it was. Yeah. Finsbury uh, park. Yeah. Yeah. Finsbury park. Like great for the Yankees. That's awesome that they did that. Um, but it, it is confusing that the Red Sox didn't bring anybody. And, and somebody did say, and I, and I, I just heard this secondhand. It wasn't directly from the Red Sox, but somebody mentioned to me that, um, because of the Ortiz thing, because of what happened, Pedro Martinez decided not to go. Where both of them were, I guess, supposed to go together to London to represent the Red Sox and to do some of that. And after what happened to Ortiz, Pedro didn't want to go, and so th- that contributed to them not having any representation. So you know, people in Boston have been stunned since the Ortiz news came out, and that was a tough. 48 hours where people were wondering if he was going to make it, what had happened, why this had happened. Um, you know, Ortiz is more than just a baseball player in Boston. He's just been this big figure who kind of represents everybody here and, and um, put Boston on the map in a lot of ways. Him and Tom Brady uh, kind of did that for two teams that weren't very good for a long time. And so it, it's you can't even talk about how much he means to this city. So they were hurting after everything that happened with him and um, I think everyone here is just thankful that he's going to be all right. Uh, at least it sounds like the last we heard he was moved out of the ICU two weeks ago and he's still in the hospital. Um, so it sounds like he's going to be okay. And uh, But that's certainly why they didn't have anybody in London. Yeah, we figured as much. Um, they, they did have Griff Holt, although he wasn't doing any uh, <laughs> any personal appearances. Um, so the, the third of that holy triumvirate of Red Sox legends did did at least make the trip. Um, yeah. Jason, it's been a, an absolute pleasure to talk to you this evening. Um, for, for those guys listening back at home who want to keep up to date on uh, Red Sox and want to follow you, where, where's the best place to check out your work? Sure, yeah, thanks. It's My Twitter account is at jmastrodonato, J, the letter J, and then Mastro Donato. So I, I, uh, I post all my stories there, so you can usually keep tabs on what I'm writing, and, and I appreciate uh, anybody who wants to give me a follow absolutely okay jason uh, lovely to talk to you and maybe we can catch up with you later in the season uh, hopefully as a as a, a red sox fan myself when they're they're doing a little bit better certainly seem to have turned the corner uh, and it was a pretty pretty difficult weekend mixed emotions for me last weekend thanks jason yeah yeah absolutely anytime brilliant i'm delighted to be joined by espn's new york yankees beat reporter coley harvey coley how are you this evening Afternoon, you're. Oh, I'm doing quite well. How are you? I'm very, very well. Thanks very much for joining us. So we're we're gonna we're gonna take a trip down memory lane to well, just over a week ago when uh, you were over here in in sunny England, as it was. I have to say, it's it's absolutely pouring down right now. So you got the best of our. Weather. Oh no! <laughs> have you uh, have you have you have you recovered from the jet lag yet? Um, did you enjoy yourself? Yeah. Oh man, it was such a blast. That was actually my first time in in London, and. Um, you know, I, I I just really can't describe that trip for me because not only was it was it really great with the the baseball that we got to witness the uh, just the overall display that Major League Baseball put on that the Yankees and Red Sox put on, <clears throat> excuse me, but also uh, just for me too, just uh, kind of an extra moment of growth uh, in, in my life, and uh, so 
thoroughly enjoyed my trip. I'm definitely coming back at some point. I hope it's very soon. Um, and you're right. I, I guess I did get the uh, get, get spoiled by the weather. I was kind of surprised to see such good weather uh, for that week uh, there in London. And of course, here back here in New York, it's uh, it's sunny still here. So we're uh, we're actually getting fortunate uh, uh, these days over here. But yes, did recover from the jet lag. It wasn't quite as bad as I thought it would be. There were a couple of days uh, a couple of days ago where where it did kind of sneak up on me um, later in the day. But, uh, but yeah, I, I think I'm recovered. I think I'm uh, ready to tackle the rest of this season with the Yankees. <laughs> so uh, you said it was your first time. Did, did you get any, any extra time either before or after the trip? And did you, did you do any sightseeing yourself? Yeah, I, I snuck a couple of days in on the front end of my trip. And um, so I came in, uh, I guess, probably about two days early, or actually maybe three days early, and uh, walked around a lot uh, in London. So uh, saw, saw a few of the sites there. Actually, took a train to Paris one day because I'd never nice. been to Paris either, and uh, and walked around there. So uh, yeah, it was it was a truly uh, life changing experience. Great trip, and uh, like I said, I can't wait to come back soon. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, well, hopefully, uh, hopefully you'll bring the Yankees with you. So for for their part, did they um did they have a good time too? I mean, obviously they did on the field. It was uh, it was an absolute mauling of the Red Sox, and it seemed from <laughs> press conferences that we got to sit in on that. That uh, Aaron Boone seemed to enjoy himself anyway, but um, you, you've you've uh, you've probably been closer to the players than we have. It, it seemed like they were enjoying it out there. Yeah, I think they did. You know, I I think that they wished, uh, at least with a few of the players who I've talked to, I, I think they wished that maybe they would have had an extra day uh, to really just you know immerse themselves uh, in, into London because they got in. I guess it was a it was a Thursday morning. Of course, they had the games on Saturday and Sunday, and so. Uh, Friday was the big workout day, and you know you, you pretty much just had Thursday afternoon and parts of Friday that you could really see the city. And uh, so I know some of them would have liked to have had a little more time with their families there, but uh, but they also knew that hey, they were there for business. They were there for for one primary reason, and that was to play those two games. And um, and so they were obviously very the Yankees at least were very pleased with uh, with how that went uh, in that regard as well. Yeah, definitely. And I have to say, it looked like they were they were really easy going about it. That might may reflect where they are this season as as the the dominant force mm. in the AL East. But they seem to be wearing the trip rather more lightly on the shoulders than than their Red Sox counterparts. Mm. You know, they're out there with the soccer ball on on, fr- on Friday afternoon, and um, they seem to be having <laughs> right. a lot of fun with everything. And and you know, they brought a, brought along a whole. Uh, you know, wrecking crew of uh, of greats with them as well. So they they threw everything at it as a as a as a team, didn't they? They, they sure did. You know, I mean, uh, I mean, the fact that Aaron Judge, uh, you know, had himself a home run. Didi Gregorius had a home run. You just it, it was kind of a, the best of both worlds for uh, for the Yankees, and then also for the fans uh, that I would imagine there there in London, the, the chance to get uh, to not only get to see. Uh, one of these teams play well, but the superstars, the, the guys who were really the, the key driving forces of the team, to see them play well, <clears throat> excuse me, I think that also um, was uh, was certainly timely because, you know, there was one moment earlier in the season we weren't sure if Aaron Judge was even going to be able to make that trip mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. He, had, he, had been getting, he had gotten hurt, excuse me. and um, But, of course, he made it and, uh, and did perform quite well while he was there. Were there any players in particular who, who, who you've spoken to who, who enjoyed the experience? I thought it was pretty poignant when Brett Gardner said in, in, in the final press conference on the final day on Sunday that he, he'd found the whole experience beautiful. That wouldn't be a word that I'd expect to come from the, you know, the blue collar lips of, uh, <laughs> of Mr. Yankees himself. Yeah. 
Uh, certainly, uh, he was one of them. Uh, Luke Voigt, uh, uh, in talking with him, he he uh, he he was very pleased with the experience. Uh, Didi Gregorius did his share of, uh, of sightseeing. Even played the piano in the hotel uh, one of the nights. He he taught himself how to play the piano during uh, during this period in which he was hurt uh, this past off season. He's healthy, of course, now, mm. and uh, was playing the piano in, in the uh, hotel lobby. So he enjoyed that. Uh, Gary Sanchez and his family uh, uh, seem to really enjoy. Uh, enjoy the experience. Um, so uh, yeah, so certainly you know you you, you, you hear from the players that uh, perhaps there are some things logistically that they'd like to see baseball do to enhance the experience overall and maybe even uh, allow for rest on the back end because the Yankees, you know, they had a day off. Uh, 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 you know, they played Sunday, then they they had the day off Monday, but they had a game on Tuesday, and yeah. uh, you know it, it pretty much was was right back to business as usual back in the States. And you could kind of tell in that Tuesday game that perhaps the jet lag had kind of hit because late in the game, uh, just about everybody on the team kind of fell flat. And, uh, you know, you'd have to attribute that to the uh, to the, the, the coming back, so to speak, uh, with that five-hour time change. So uh, so th- th- those are some of the things that maybe they'd like to see fixed uh, with, uh, with future London games. But, uh, overall, again, uh, 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 thoroughly enjoyed the experience of uh, a lot of the players. Say. And, and what about the the reception they got? Were, were, were you taken aback as a, as, as a yeah. guy who's reported on baseball, and were the players taken aback both by how into it the crowd was, was, and and how much people in the UK and certainly there were a lot of European fans there know about the sport? Sure. Yeah, you know, I actually met a lot of uh, folks who were from not just uh, not just from. Uh, from London, but also from Ireland, from the Netherlands, from France, uh, who came up, who were just into baseball and wanted to see it uh, up close. I know, I know, uh, baseball is obviously very big in the Netherlands, but mm. uh, to have had uh, such a, a, a European experience as far as the fan base uh, that that was there, those two games, and then also a global experience. You saw a lot of Americans, but even people from other parts of the world said, "Hey, we'd like to come and, and check it out as well." Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, I, I would say that. The, uh, I wasn't surprised that both games were, were sold out and that they were completely full. I wasn't surprised to see that. Mm. But I was thoroughly surprised to see that in both games, because both games kind of you know became blowouts or, or were just so high-scoring, and you, know, you, you could argue that they kind of got boring in the middle of the game because of <laughs> the offense just got to be well, so, uh, so cumbersome. <laughs> yeah, true that, true. Um, I, I guess just compared to the games that we're used to seeing over here, it's For like, sure. all right, they're yeah. still scoring. What's going on? Um, so I was surprised that by the eighth and ninth inning, the crowd was not only still there, but very much into it. You know, hearing Sweet Caroline both days, which of course is the, the tradition that's played in, in Boston at Fenway Park in the eighth inning there, uh, to, to hear how loud the crowd was into that song. And I know it's a, a global song that, that everyone uh, uh, gets into when they hear it, but just to hear that, that just lets you know that uh, that, that was an experience that I, I felt like the fans uh, 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 truly did uh, embrace. And, and they wanted to make sure that they squeezed every minute of baseball that they could out of that weekend. And, uh, and like I said, that, that, that threw me off a little bit just because usually in the States when you have games like that, especially if it's just a mundane middle-of-the-year of the kind of game, uh, people will leave. <laughs> it gets dead. Um, and it, it was not dead at all at London Stadium. That was uh, that was really, uh, really exciting to, to see. And, and again, players themselves, uh, you know, I remember Aaron Judge uh, commenting about how uh, he had goosebumps during the, the, the national anthems when both anthems were played. And I did, too. That was, 
that was such a unique experience to hear God Save the Queen uh, uh, sung beautifully uh, by the two choirs that, that sung it those two days. Uh, that was a unique experience here. But he said that he had those goosebumps from that moment until the end of both of those games. And, uh, you know, that just lets you know that he felt like he was being uh, kind of spurred on by the crowd, I guess you could say. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, re- really incredible to hear. I mean, one or two people said over the weekend, we had Marley Rivera on one of the podcasts that we recorded over the weekend, that one or two mm. players felt like that whole sense of occasion hadn't necessarily gotten to the players, but it had amped them up so much that it maybe led to one or two of the mistakes, particularly on the first day. I think that was something that Araldus Chapman had heard. Is that something that you heard yourself? Yeah, I, I would say that... Uh... Uh, that that it seemed like it, it didn't really sink in for for some of the guys until they actually saw it, um, mm. and and maybe it was just one of those things where they've been so keyed into the season um, that that uh, that they just weren't quite looking forward enough to to this happening, you know, to to this event. That all of a sudden, oh, it is here, and wow, there are all these people here. Wow, there is a pageantry here. Um, in, in talking with Adam Adovino after one of the games, I remember him saying that. It had uh, like an exhibition feel, like a, um, you, you know, uh, it, it, the games didn't really feel like they mattered, <laughs> even though they knew that they did, because they do uh, impact the regular season standings back here. Um, but it felt like a, an exhibition or an all-star game or, or, or a spring training game where, you know, there's not much competition on the line, but there is this pageantry, there is this um, you know, the celebration of the sport. He felt like that was what uh, the overarching thing was for him. And, uh, you know, and, he, and he, could, he could even admit that perhaps for players, he could see where that would make you not as competitive uh, per se. But, uh, but again, you know, in talking with him and talking to other players, they always came back to the fact that they're playing the Red Sox. This is a regular season game. They have to keep that in their mind. And, um, and that that was what they felt like would avoid some of the mistakes. But yeah, I, I would certainly agree that just kind of getting caught up in the the uh, the emotion and the drama of the spectacle, you know, it, it might have thrown some players off initially. Definitely, and and I've got to certainly echo your sentiments on on those two choirs. But both were fantastic. But that one on the first day, especially, <laughs> yeah. was. I, I, oh yes. yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm not a great fan of God Save the Queen. There are definitely better national anthems, yours included. But goodness <laughs> me, that that really did get me in the in the mood for the game. It was uh, it was quite wonderful. I'm pleased I'm pleased to hear that that's at least that's one of the few things in my life that I will share with Aaron Judge. I certainly don't share yeah. his uh, you know build and stature <laughs> or ability to hit a baseball. Yeah. But at least we both thought that choir was good. Um, was so from the perspective of the the Yankees. It, it, it hasn't really caught them out of their stride, nor has it the Red Sox, of course, who've had a good uh, a good turnaround after a pretty lacklustre weekend. Um, the Yankees right. look like the team to beat in the AL East, and they look like they're going to just take everyone in front of them. Plus, they've got a brilliant farm system, and uh, there's there's reports out there that they're already sniffing around some of the, the key guys right. in the trade market. So y- your work is, uh, is not yet done, Coley. It's going to be a busy old second half of the season for you, I expect. Oh, it's it's going to be very busy. <laughs> as soon as the All Star break ends, uh, that's when the the the, uh, the trade deadline chatter will really really pick up because some of those conversations, as you just mentioned, they've been happening already with the Yankees and other teams, and uh, and and those conversations are even being had at the All Star game. You know, you have certain Yankees representatives who are there who are talking to to agents and they're talking to other teams and they're trying to figure out what they can work out and. 
you know, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, within these next two weeks, as we, we truly move beyond the all-star break, uh, yeah, you're going to see a move happen for the Yankees. It's just kind of how they've been able to position themselves in the last couple of years. They need a starting pitcher. Uh, they've already said, at least uh, the owner, Hal Steinbrenner, and uh, the general manager, Brian Cashman, they've both said that they want to get a starting pitcher to add to their rotation, that they feel like that's going to take them over the hump. Um, but to that end, you know, you just also mentioned the farm system being strong. One of the best players who is in the Yankees minor league system is this pitcher named Davey Garcia, and he pitched in the Futures game on Sunday, and uh, oh my, I mean, he, he, he only had the two innings, but he struck out the side in his, in his first inning, looked really good, and after his outing, uh, the Yankees promoted him from their double-A uh, uh, team to their triple-A team. And uh, for those people who are still kind of under, trying to understand the minor league system, let's just say that's a nice promotion. Um, yeah. He's essentially away from the uh, from the Yankees now, from being on the Yankees. And he's only 20 years old. So, wow. uh, so he, he's got plenty of time to still grow. But the fact of the matter is, if he continues to pitch the way that he has in the minor league, he actually could be pitching in the Bronx, pitching for the Yankees at some point this season. And I think that's also in the back of the uh, the Yankees' front office's mind that, you know, you could have a situation where this young pitcher comes into the rotation, perhaps performs well. The only thing is, you know, you just because of his age, you're not sure what he's going to be able to provide you when it comes to the postseason. You know, he doesn't obviously have that experience. And so the Yankees would like to bring in a pitcher from somewhere else who does have some experience, who can handle pitching uh, when the uh, the lights are the brightest. But the future is, I'm just saying all that to say, even as we go through this busy second half, the future is very bright for the Yankees, and uh, and that one pitcher is, is a big part of the reason why. Amazing. I've got to say, as a, as a Red Sox fan, who, despite having a, a weekend of elation, felt like <laughs> I'd been crushed under the boot of the evil empire, you're not, you're not, you're not giving me any cold comfort, mate. So... Uh, I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. I'm well. I'm well used to it, and and you know, still the world champs at the moment. Um, I, the one thing I wanted yeah. to ask you about was the the business side. So I know in the run up to the games, mm-hmm. and particularly when they announced the London series over here in in London last year with Rob Manfred and, and the two owners, John Henry and Hal Steinbrenner. One thing that both Hal Steinbrenner and, and John Henry made clear was that they, they desperately wanted not only for there to be a London series as owners, but for this fixture to be the one that went first. So it seemed like there was a, mm. a bit of a business imperative for the Yankees there. And is that is that something you've got a feel for whether they, they feel has been a success yet? I guess they're, they're, still, they're still counting the greenbacks um, that they made from that massive queue yeah. for the Superstore, I guess. Yeah, well, I mean, the thing about the Yankees, and, and I, I think really it, it speaks more to Major League Baseball more so than the, the individual teams themselves. The thing about the Yankees and the Red Sox is that they're both such global brands themselves. I mean, you know, we talked a lot uh, while we were in London about how you see uh, all over Europe, you see a lot of the NY hats, oh, you sure. know, the interlocking NY on the hat, and you go up to people. In fact, Aaron Judge even did it while he was there. He saw a couple of uh, people at the London Eye wearing the uh the yankees hats and he says hey how you doing i'm aaron they have no idea who in the world he is <laughs> they're just wearing the hat you know Amazing. <laughs> um, yeah you know i mean this guy who's six seven who you know is shaking your hand you gotta you gotta try to put two and two together but they had no clue um but all that being said the brand is so global itself that the yankees uh you know it was probably major league base more major league baseball to make sure that 
it got those two franchises to play this game first. Uh, I, I think that they viewed the possibility of those two franchises playing this game first as the, the, the best chance of success. And uh, again, I, I definitely think that they hit a home run, hit a grand slam. They did a great job as far as that's concerned and uh, in, in boosting the interest into next year. And then even next year with the Cubs and Cardinals, um, you know, I'm sure both owners will say that they're glad that their team is in the, the second round of these. But that's another one of those baseball rivalries that um, it, 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 it is probably a little more localized uh, than the Red Sox-Yankees rivalry. It is probably a little more localized to the state. But it is still a very big rivalry that uh, that anyone who pays attention to baseball, wherever you are, is, uh, is is going to certainly be interested in seeing those games. The problem, though, for at least for me and, and other uh, writers or whomever, uh, is that we're wondering what would be next. You know, what other matchups would be on the horizon that would really keep the interest. Um, and you know, maybe you bring back a, a Boston or you bring back a, a New York. Uh, for a future game against someone else. You know, perhaps that's something that Major League Baseball considers uh, in year three or year four. Um, but that being said, uh, yeah, it, it was it was certainly imperative uh, both for the Yankees and Red Sox to make sure that they're certainly lining their coffers, but also for Major League Baseball to make sure that it really got the interest boosted uh, by having those two teams more than anybody else uh, this, this first go-round. Yeah, and it, it definitely worked. I've got to say that the, the, the Florida Fish Derby, as we call it on our podcast, wouldn't have quite had the same allure. We'd all have been there. We'd all have had a lovely old time, but I don't think it would quite have had uh, the lasting memories that we got from, from that time around. So I've got I've got one last question on behalf of my, my mm-hmm. fellow podcaster, Tom. He wants to know where you, get, where you got your Jordans because they were his shoes of the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's hilarious! Uh, I uh, I got those. Um, I actually got those here in New York. I got them at uh, Nike's Flight Club, which uh, uh, sells a lot of. Uh, I mean, they're well, they're Nike, so they sell a lot of the the Jordans and the 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 customs and the the nice uh, shoes, so to speak. Um, in fact, Clint Frazier, who is uh, part of the Yankees organization, he was on their 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 major league roster for a lot of this season because of injuries. He's now in the minor league system. Uh, he, he got sent down uh, about three weeks or so before the London series. But uh, but Frazier, who is uh, what he has become known for really in the states this season, is his shoes. He actually played very well. He hit the ball very well. Didn't play as well in the field defensively, but his his cleats. He has actually taken shoes from places like Nike's Flight Club and and StockX and some of these online merchants. And he has essentially uh, sent them off to uh, to custom cleat designers who have added cleats to them. And so uh, so shoes like the ones that I was wearing, uh, Clint Frazier has worn those as cleats on the baseball field. Uh, I could not imagine getting those dirty, but, you know, that's, that's kind of what he's done this year. So uh, yeah, we know, we did we did notice you were staying to the turf. You you maybe couldn't have done I that on a grass on the field. Turf. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Tom Tom, yeah. Was, Tom was jealous because John Chomby had told him that he really liked his trainers, and then he basically turned around and saw yours and was like, "Yeah, but Curly's better." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, I did pay a pretty pity for him too. I you know that's the only only other part about that. <laughs> so Coley, thanks very much for your, for your time. Um, just for for those who who have enjoyed listening to your chatting today, who, who who maybe don't know you, want want someone to follow on the Yankees beat. Where where can they follow you online? Yeah, well, uh, online just you can follow me at my name, which is 
Coley, C-O-L-E-Y, Harvey, H-A-R-V-E-Y. You can just follow me on Twitter, at Coley Harvey. Uh, also on Instagram, at Coley Harvey. And then, of course, for ESPN, at ESPN.com. Um, and on TV, we do a little TV with ESPN, too. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's, those are probably the best places to follow me. Great. Thanks Thanks a lot, Coley. Um, and hopefully we can speak to you again later in the season. Yeah, all good. Thank you so much, John. true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with Midi Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at Midi understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And Midi can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.